Hello and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin. I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how are you today? It is a wonderful summer day. Uh, got out of the 90s here in the Mid-Atlantic and uh, I'm sitting outside. So if we have any animal noises in the background, I'll try to mute myself. <laughs> but uh, no, everything's good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, I'm uh, carless at the time, but other than that, everything's good. I don't know if you follow my saga of riding the bike in the rain, but I had to bring my wife's car in yesterday to the dealership, uh, okay. and uh, I thought I was going to be smart, and instead of walking the two or three miles back or taking an Uber like a normal person, I said, eh, I'll throw the bike in the back, and I'll ride home, and of course, torrential downpour that I did not expect. Uh, I had my program with me, or my PPs uh, printed Ooh. out. So I wrapped them in a plastic bag and just prayed they wouldn't get wet. And of course they didn't. And then today I rode my bike to get some coffee earlier, took my PPs, looked them over a little bit more. And yesterday in torrential downpour, they didn't get wet, but I ride through a sprinkler. I wasn't expecting, I didn't notice it <laughs> and they got wet that way. So even though it's sunny and 85 out, so kind of crazy. I thought maybe when you said you were carless, I thought maybe you sold your car in hopes of using that money to hit a big pick five or something like oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I didn't, I I didn't think you had been handicapping that bad lately. I thought you had some nice winners. So yes. Kind of well, me that carless. You know? there, there are times when I need to sell my car to make some money back, but recently not so much. So that's good news, I guess. Uh, planning on going to Monmouth tomorrow, which, well, Friday tomorrow. I don't know when people are listening. Um, every Friday I plan on going, the weather's bad. Finally, the weather looked pretty good. And now I don't know if I have a car, but I think the guy told me he'd have it back to me today. I made him swear. I said, I have an important trip tomorrow to make some money and I really need it. I didn't tell him what the trip was for. He would have laughed at me, but, uh, we'll hope we get it back. Anyway, enough about my car troubles. You have an important business meeting to go check out, uh, six exciting chase scenes in North Jersey. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, one thing we did last week we started, uh, suggested by a few of our listeners, was that we make some bets and or a bet and decide uh, and, and kind of keep track of how we're doing and how we did. So last week, uh, I, I made a $40 bet. That's what we did last week. And that $40 bet was an exacta. Uh, I think I did third on it. I don't think. I know I did. It, it was race seven at Saratoga last Saturday. I bet Mo Reddy and Alvi a $10 exacto with Alvi on top and a $30 exacto with Mo Reddy on top. And you know, I like Mo Reddy. He was my single. He's four to one morning line in my defense. Um, and he ended up going off maybe went six to five. He paid 540, so I don't want to do the math, but whatever, seven to five, eight to five, whatever it is. Um, but in my defense, I thought he was going to be closer to four to one, maybe three to one. I think he takes some money. Um, but a nine to two shot, I didn't like that scratch and that hurt the price a lot. So he was my single in the pick five. My pick five, I'll talk about that later, kind of got ruined in the sense that I had another single that got scratched that threw it out the window. But uh, I, I decided to bet that exactly. Now, sometimes in horse racing, you're right and you still lose. And sometimes you're wrong and you win. And a lot of times I'm wrong and I get lucky and win. But I felt this was one of those races where I think I was right. And unfortunately, I lost. Dan Fusey in that race set a crawling pace. Uh, another reason, by the way, by the way, not to worry about expected pace in races too much because it looked like a lot of speed on paper. But Dan Fusey was all alone walking on the lead. Albie, uh, Mo, Mo Reddy, I think, was like mid-pack or you know, fairly close that he can stalk him when he was best. Uh, but Albie tried to close into that, which is weird because he's not really a closer. 
and he was able to get up to third. He ran pretty well at whatever his odds were. I think 10 to 1. I could be wrong about that. Uh, and he couldn't catch Dan Fusey, though. Uh, would have been a nice exacta for me. So I feel I had it because Dan Fusey, I don't think, ran as well as Albie based on the pace. But that's horse racing for you. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. Now, in your case, you decided to do a $20 win place on Mo Ready, my single there, uh, which you got. And he paid five forty and three seventy to place. So you ended up collecting $91 by my math on that $40 bet. Now you were going to parlay that into high tone, my other single in the last race who got scratched. So I think it's not fair that you just get the $91 that you, uh, that you want. It's not a no bet. You hit the first leg. So you have 91, but you spent 40. So you're up $51 in the challenge and I'm down $40 in the challenge. And I will guarantee you in this challenge, I will either beat you by 10,000 or I will lose by a lot because that's the way I bet. And you're a little different in your bets that we'll talk about. Right. And that is true. And it's the tongue-in-cheek challenge. It's almost like an experiment because as much as, you know, I, as much as I love horse racing and, uh, uh, and you know, it's gambling or I, I kind of like to look at it as short-term investing – uh, you know, people who know me, whenever, you know, mega millions or, you know, a billion dollars and people are getting together and buying hundreds of lottery tickets, people will say to me, you know, how many, how many tickets did you buy? And I'll say none. And, and knowing my, my, you know, uh, Achilles heel of horse racing, you know, they don't understand it. I'm mean, like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a blind gambler. I don't believe in blind faith. You know, I, I am more of the slow and steady, you know, in investing kind where I'll take a shot in the dark here and there, but, you know, I, 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 I'm in it for the long haul. And even though playing pick fives the way you do is the long haul because you need to go the long haul because that one big play that you'll cash on will wipe out all your losses previously. Um you need to have a big bankroll in order to sustain that. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, it's just a different way of looking at horse racing and, and playing the horses. And so tongue in cheek last week on last week's podcast, since Eric is very good in, in finding the singles that are right there, if they don't win, you know, they're right there. You know, I said, well, I'll just take your singles and I'll just bet them win place. And then if, the one comes in, whatever I, I, I win on that, I'll parlay it into the second one. And as Eric said, unfortunately, the second one was scratched. So this will segue into when I said win place and Eric almost had a heart attack and said, you never bet place. So we'll segue into why don't we ever pl bet place? Well, I'm, I'm an anti-place, anti-show better. And the way I feel, and maybe I should have better numbers on my side. I did crunch some numbers from last week just to give me some evidence, but it's a small sample. So even though it helps prove my point, it's not really, I shouldn't say this because it's hurting me by saying this, but um, just because a small sample proves my point doesn't mean long sample does. I'd have to really look and break down the numbers. But for every horse you bet to place instead of win. So last week, for example, you bet 20 to place on already and 20 to win. All right. 40 to win, instead of place, you would have won more money, obviously, on the win. Now, if he comes in second, you wouldn't have gotten as much. My point is that the, the more times, and, and it's more for long shots, the more times you bet win place, 
if you put the same amount of money just on wins, so if you just bet 40 to win instead of 20 to win in place, over the long haul, I would almost guarantee you that you will make more money that way. The only way you wouldn't is if it's all chalk. Like Mo Reddy would help you the win place argument because he paid 540 to win, 370 to place. So if you're betting win place, you know, overall in the long run, that's going to help because the place price was a lot more than 50% of the win bet. So um, half the time he wins, half the time he comes in second. I mean, I know he can do other things, but the argument would be, you know, you're going to win sometimes on the place just as much as you are on the win, uh, whether he comes in first or second. I don't know if that's making sense. But if you look at the last race where it was, now this is an extreme in the other example, this is what I'm saying, this is going to help my point. But in the last race, um, that um, uh, was Whiskey and Freedom, Freedom and Whiskey, horse who paid $73, I think, to win. Right. And, yeah. Or 74 to win, he paid $28.80 to place. So if you think about it, I don't want to do the math and I want to move on, but if you bet, let's just do $2, $2 to win place, you got back about a hundred bucks, 102 bucks. If you bet four to win, you got 144 bucks. You got an extra $42. In the, now, sure, if he comes in second and you don't, you just bet win, you get zero, but I'd rather get right. 144 sometimes and zero the other than kind of splitting it. So it's about like, almost like hedging. I just feel it's not smart to hedge when you're going to make more on the win long-term. Now, if you're betting all chalk, fine, bet place, whatever. But if you're betting horses that are over three to one or four to one, which a lot of us do, um, it, it just behooves you long-term not to bet win place. Basically, the place price has to be half as much or more of the win price to warrant you betting place. And right. I just don't think it does unless you're talking real chalk. So anyway, I don't know if you want to defend place or you want to move on, but go for it. Oh, no. I, I Actually, I'm going to defend your point because I know through my travels of people, you know, horse players, whether it's social media or per, people I know personally, that, you know, I'm definitely in the minority. I mean, you your point is with the majority that everybody would rather just bet win put whatever money they have on the horse they really like to win. Um, and to my point is I'd hate to have a horse that I really like at a good price and have him, you know, get nosed out or whatever and come up empty. So I, and it goes back to my theory is I'm not looking for the big score. I'm looking to stay in the game and churn. Okay. <laughs> And I guess that's my defense in the churn that even though I like the horse and the thing is, is, you know, conversely, if, if a horse is three to one or less, I'll bet him on the nose. I'll just bet him the win. Um, for our example, I didn't know the horse was going to go off that cheap, but, and that's why I said win place, but like, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I'm afraid to say this because everybody listening and yourself, we might need to call 911. <laughs> I mean, there are some times where I see a horse on the track and in the, in the form, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, figure. And uh, this week, I forget what day it was and what race, but it was at Saratoga. And I'm a big physical handicap, you know, looking at the horses on the track. And this five horse, whatever race it was, looked awesome on the track. He was 50 to one at the time. And it's like, all right, so should I have bet even $5 to win on him, hoping that he'd win? Or should I like bet him across the board or even just, 
you know, place and show or whatever. See, ironically, so, oh, I'm sorry. Ironically, the longer, the bigger the price, the more it behooves you to bet the win because of what I said. The bigger the price of the horse, the bigger disparity in the win versus place. So for right. that one and, that you get nosed out of, all you got to do is win one out of three of those noses, and you're going to make more money. And and it and it also depends on the field size, of course. You know, if if you have a six six horse field and the longest shot, you know, in in this six horse field isn't going to pay anything place or show because of the pools. But if you have a 14 horse field, then you're, you're talking some, you know, a decent return. So anyway, to conclude my story, the horse wound up running third, you know, he got up for third and his final odds were 99 to one. Now I, I didn't look to see what he paid the show, but I could probably, you know, guarantee it was probably 12, $15, maybe more, who knows? More. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, so so that's just an, another example of, you know, I I'd rather just churn than you know, because even if the horse wins and I only you know bet him win place because of his odds and how bad he looked on the form, um, I can't beat myself up saying, oh, the horse paid two hundred and sixteen dollars and I loved him the way he looked. I I'm not going to do that. I'm just <laughs> going to be happy that I'm cashing the place and show. Oh, see, I, I would be upset. See, now I distinguish between <laughs> churn and grinding. And churn, just, you know, betting frequently. And I understand you're saying if you're betting place and show you getting something back more frequently so you can then bet that and, right. and keep it going. But to me, that's kind of like grinding it out. And from people that I've listened to, you know, I study this a lot and, and try and learn from handicappers who are very successful uh, or betters that are successful more than handicappers. And for years I lost and I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I'm handicapping well. I know, and I'm not making money. This is not good. Now, first part of it is about 20% takeout or whatever. That makes it really hard. Um, <laughs> but I said, I can't do this. I mean, if you're better at home, if you're listening to this and you're losing money consistently, you got to change something. I mean, in the short term, okay, maybe not, but long term, you know, and I was betting for years and I'm like, eh, I'm here and there. I make some money, but overall I'm losing money every year. And I, I slowly learned and switched my philosophy. And listen, it's short term. Maybe I'm not you know, going to be rich long term. But going for the kind of home run is maybe it's my personality too, is how I am able to make money in this game. It's the only way. Uh, you know, I, I might lose for like a month straight and then I hit a $12,000 pick five. And now I'm up for, you know, four months or whatever it is. You know, I can lose every pick five and every bet I make for the next three months and I'm still up money. Um, right. You know, and that's just me. But some people have... But the thing is, is it's not just you. I can guarantee you there's more people who are in your camp than in my camp. Yeah, listen, if you're betting small amounts and you don't mind, you know, winning a little, losing a little, and you want to bet, you know, whatever, I, I guess. But, you know, if you're trying to make money in this, I couldn't bet as much as I do and as frequently as I do, um, you know, if I wasn't able to make something. So that, that's the only way I've been able to do it and the people I've spoken to, so – but for each his own. So um, why don't we move on to the uh, late pick five since we, we said we're going to spend about three minutes on that. We spent about 15, <laughs> but that's okay. Cause I like going into the races and it, you know, I preface each week by saying for people who are listening, we really just want to show you and I do at least how I handicap, how we handicap a horse, a race. I don't want to just sit here and go, I like the three, four, seven, you know, and give you one little tidbit. Why do I not like a horse? What do I look at? What do I throw out? So maybe you can become better handicappers and then at the end, we'll talk about, you know, how we would bet the sequence and 
uh, you know, we'll, we'll pick a bet for the week that we would make or, or bets. I guess we didn't set rules. We could do more than one, but uh, we'll get to that at the end. All right, so we're going to start with the late races at Saratoga on Saturday, August 22nd. The sixth race begins the late pick five. It is one of those bottom-level, state-bred, maiden claimers. It's 25,000, uh, which might sound like a lot, but it's the bottom level. Uh, Phillies, three and up. Uh, probably other than the two-year-olds, the slowest horses on the grounds here. Um, so would you like to get started uh, with this race here? Sure. Um, here, here, Here's a tidbit. Um, well, let, let's do some horse racing jeopardy. I'm going to put you on the spot, Eric. Uh -oh. right, horse racing jeopardy in the category of horse racing. The answer is 203 quarters. What's 203 quarters. This sounds more like Karnak with uh, Johnny Carson. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I got to read your mind. 203 quarters. Is that like the combined amount of lengths that someone lost? Ding, ding. That is correct. Oh, really? He <laughs> didn't tell me, I swear. <laughs> The six horses in this race who have raced before, there are two first-time starters, yep. have lost by a combined 203 quarters lengths. Now, one of them lost by 106. I've You're never saying seen they're last? Yeah. <laughs> last I've, I've never seen a triple-digit lost length, especially <laughs> in, a, in a sprint or mid-distance. <laughs> Is there 106 lengths in a seven-furlong race? <laughs> yep. Crazy, huh? <laughs> But uh, I digress. So, so he, he, you know, I was looking, and I, you know, for the cheapest of cheap, and this is right up my alley, you know, I'm a mid-Atlantic uh, Laurel Pimlico guy, and we got our share of cheap races. So um, I, I really jumped into them, and there's all kind of tidbits and crap that uh, we can talk about in here. But uh, let's just – I'll just start with uh, flattering eyes. Uncle Nick Zito, he's 0 for – for the Saratoga meet. Uh, this one came off of a brief layoff, had run at this level before. Ironically, back in November at Aqueduct, ran six and a half furlongs at this level and kind of ran a similar race as he did on the comeback, uh, even though he lost by 20 more lanes. He lost by 29 instead of 49. Faltered ease, walked off uh, when he came back here. So he comes right back at the same level, cuts back in the distance a little bit, and when he did when he did that at Aqueduct, but he, he went seven furlongs. He actually ran second, but uh, uh, at twenty-five to one, uh, maybe and it that's was, the angle with this horse. Lose by thirty, you got to bet him the next time. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it it looks more like possibly he takes to a little bit of an off going. Um, so, uh, I'm going to let uncle Nick, uh, beat me on this one. Your thoughts? Same thing. I wouldn't want to talk someone off the price, but, uh, if I was going deep here, I would throw the horse in just for the price. And she has races that are capable of winning this, but, uh, when a horse runs at this level, basically is ease and walked off. And I didn't really like her that day anyway. And she actually had a good work going in fact. She got a B rated workout, which is pretty strong by the DRF, um, into the race. So uh, I'm going to pass on her moving on to number two, smoking hot kiss. I'm going to pass on this horse. You can argue maiden specialty to maiden claiming on the dirt. She got dropped into a maiden uh, claiming for 40, which is, I think, the bottom level state bred um, on the turf. So even though it's a maiden 40, it's almost like equivalent to this race, like the turf equivalent to this race. But against the maiden specialty, she wasn't even in the races. 
so if you again, if you're going to go real deep and you want to throw in, but um, trainer doesn't win too often, uh, I'm going to pass on the two. Uh, can we go on, or do you like the two? Yeah, no. Um, uh, I'll just add the interesting thing is, is you know, if you draw a line through the turf race, which I do, yeah, right. So he's 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 the only one, or she is the only one dropping down mm-hmm. class off of the uh, maiden special. And that 36 to one that won the last race, that whiskey or whatever that you referenced whiskey, earlier, yeah. was ridden by Benjamin Hernandez, who's on this two horse. And yeah. it was it was the same it was the same angle. Here's here's why. Listen, I, if you want to bet the horse, I'm not going to say don't bet this horse, and I don't want to spend an hour on a 20 to one oh, shot that I, I, I don't think has a shot. But like yeah, I'm not. Right. I don't like the horse. I'm just saying there's your angle if you if you think it's an all race. Right, but there's a difference. Freedom of Whiskey ran um, – he was like – his buyers were in like the 40s, and the rest of the competition was around 60. So he was low like this one. But Freedom of Whiskey chased hot paces against Maiden Special Weights and actually ran well and, and really got better than those buyers um, against Maiden Special And then the drop – and that's a good angle too on not just the drop when they show speed against better, especially if they're like dueling against favorites. Like the good – it's one thing if they're up front, it's slow, and you know other long shots are up front – all right, whoopee, they hang on a little bit or even they fade. But when they're going fast against the better horses in the race and then they drop, you know, it's like me, I said before, if I sprint against Carl Lewis and I fade after a while, you know, and then I go against elementary cat, I'm going to do a lot better. Um, so, but this horse didn't do that. This horse has no positives to me in those races. So if she showed some True. life, I'd excuse it. Number three, I'll, even though it might be your turn, I'm going to start because this is a horse I really like actually at 10 yeah. to one, um, Venita. Can't say I love the horse. She had one start. It was July 4th where uh, speed was very good and the inside was very good, I felt, that day. And I'm not a huge bias fan or, or looker, but, you know, there are some days where it just seems like you can't close or you got to be on the inside. And that was one of them, I thought. She um, hit the gate at the start. It doesn't say it. Uh, it says in at the start. She really hit the gate looking at the head on. Uh, and it was really bad. I mean, she spotted them probably about four lengths. Um, and this was on a day where it was hard to make up ground. And then she made a wide move, uh, mid, like a middle move. She never got more than like fifth or sixth or whatever, uh, kind of like mid-pack. But she was way back. So she was against the track, made a middle move, and then she tired. It's her second start now. It's not the toughest field in the world here. So I can excuse that race. Albertrani never wins first out. Second out, he's much better. He's a patient horseman. Uh, they're throwing blinkers on. I don't know if that's good or bad. He doesn't really win blinkers. So I, I don't know how to read that. But – Again, I don't love the horse, but I think that I can definitely excuse that first race big time. And if you I don't love anyone, why not Vanita? So if I was betting to win, I don't think she's the most likely winner, but I would bet her to win just for the price. Anything to add there? Yeah, uh, just the fact that, you know, not, not out since, uh, you know, July 4th, just kind of tells me that uh, maybe the horse wasn't ready. They, they, you know, it doesn't say the horse rang green or anything. But obviously there was zero inside money. The horse went off at 40 to one and maybe Carmooch came back, you know, Carmooch is the speed jock, but the, the bad start just, uh, you know, compromised the chance to get onto the lead. So yeah, it's a, it's a positive that Carmooch stays on and uh, they threw blinkers on and maybe had the blinkers um, in, in the, the next workouts and uh, you know, hopefully for your sake, if you really like the horse and you're going to play him at, at that price, uh, it's not just a shot in the dark that, oh, wow, this, this one, this one uh, we're just going to throw our blinkers on, hoping for the best. 
Uh, maybe it is a positive step. So right, number four, central exit. Oh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off there? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just going to move on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You start. I, I saw the last couple. Central exit, three, three to one. Uh, second choice drops down to its lowest level. Had been uh, along the uh, forty thousand uh, dollar level. Has uh, changed barns uh, three times and uh, start first start for Jeremiah Engelhart who has glowing um, percentages with uh, first-time trainer and uh, in maiden claiming. I really didn't get into being able to see any uh, any of its uh, replays, so I'm going to kind of make a pass on this one because it just looks like it also ran. <laughs> Obviously, the, the, the class relief will help. And this really isn't the strongest of fields, but I may look elsewhere. Yeah, she got a good trip off the um, off the speed last time. She uh, saved ground. Uh, actually, I didn't write saved ground, so I could be wrong about that. I know she sat behind three speeds last time. Uh, there was a four to one who ended up finishing fifth, a three to one who came in second, and a nine to five who came in eighth. So three of the favorites kind of duped it out a little bit on the front end and took their toll on them. Uh, so she had a very good trip, I thought. Um, the only thing you can argue is maybe she was a little close to the pace that was pretty strong. And, and that was against Vetter, um, $40,000 made in state, uh, state bred made in claimers. Now she's down to 25. I honestly thought, cause we look at this before the morning lines and they just came out. I thought she would be the favorite and I still think she'll go off the favorite. I was shocked to see who the favorite was a little bit. Uh, but I got to expect central exit to be the favorite. Jeremiah Engelhardt has not really had a good year for him. He's usually 20 something percent. I thought because he went to Oakland for the first time with large numbers and it was really tough there. Maybe that's why. But even since back in New York, he hasn't done much for whatever reason. I don't want to speculate. Um, but I, I think the horse has a big shot here. Three to one. I think you're going to get two to one on this horse. Uh, I'm going to include, even though I hate to do it because it's a favorite, but I think this is probably the most likely winner. Um, but we'll see. So that's the four central exits. Uh, the five, love me tomorrow. This is a horse I actually like. I thought I was going to like the most because I thought I'd get not a price, but I thought I'd get maybe three to one on this horse. And she's a nine to five favorite. Kind of shocking. Uh, July, maybe not shocking because she takes money a lot, but a little surprising. I don't think she'll be a favorite. Who else, would you, who else would you make the favorite? The four. I really think the four is going to be the favorite. They're all dogs and that you can't make a first-time starter. Um, not these, no. For a tag as, as a favorite. No, the four, the four will be the favorite. I, I'm pretty confident. But anyway, really? the July 9th race for Love Me Tomorrow, talking about how we handicap. That was a heck of a race I thought she ran. Um, she was chased by a five-to-one shot who faded. Um, and, and I just thought, I'm sorry, I'm looking the wrong way. July 9th, chased by nine-to-five shots. So she basically was chased and doled by the favorite in the race who uh, faded really badly. So I love when a horse duels with one of the better horses, like a favorite in this case, not, and that other horse just fades badly because that means the pace was pretty taxing. So I really liked her July 9th race. And that was against 40,000 state reclaimers. They ran around the turf, which I kind of ignored. She ran fine, whatever, third. Uh, but I kind of ignored that. And then she came back for 25 last time as a three-to-one favorite. And I'm, I didn't write it down, but I'm sure I liked her that day. Um, I'm definitely sure that I liked her that day. And I don't know what happened. I just don't think she ran that great. This was a race she was chased by a five-to-one shot. We ended up four. I mean, it was a fairly fast pace, I guess, but... Um, I don't know. Unless the number's off. Sometimes those six and a half furlong races, they say the, the speed figures are not great for those. But um, I just thought she'd win last time, and she was disappointing. So 
I, I, I was like, all right, do I give her another shot? Or am I like, eh, she's not that great. So she's kind of up there for me. But at nine to five, I have to reevaluate what I'm going to do with her. Um, but I'm going to go short in the pick five. And I'll talk about that later. I'll probably use her because I, I have some liking of her. But, uh, you know, that last race does scare me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think she'll actually go off. The, her morning line maybe even lower really just well, we'll yeah see. just i mean just here here's the thing on paper who who's going to match her strides if she but you know here's the thing you know how many times are you, are you going to back this horse she's over for nine career over for four as the betting favorite and the only time she even hangs around is when she has the lead at the first call now, if you think your buddy Carmooch is going to get a better start with the three horse, um, or one of these first time first time starters are going to show early speed and header before that, you know they hit the first call, she's going to pack it in. That's my that's the way I see the yeah, race. See, I, I said before I don't even look at things like that. I know people think I'm dumb for that, but it works for me, and I, I don't anticipate because anything can happen. Watch, she'll sit three lengths off the pace and. Uh, and stalk someone. Maybe she'll be going to I speed mean, and, and win. I, I can't argue, but I'm not going to take nine to five because of that. If I liked her anyway, I'd better, but if I didn't, I, right. I wouldn't. Again, so. you know, it's a dirt race, so I, I, I don't even look at the turf, her turf tries. Right. And her last three dirt tries have gone an, uh, an extra 16th. That extra 16th in all three, no, well, in two of those three were the difference in her breaking her maiden or not. Maybe. So, you never know, though. I don't like doing that because who knows the other horses would have moved earlier maybe and passed her. So. But I understand what you're saying. That maybe the six furlongs is, is better for her. So I mean, right. I mean she, she's definitely the vulnerable morning line choice. Now you think she was not going to go off as the betting choice. but yeah, I don't know how you can bet that horse is a favorite. I mean, I, I kind of no. like after last time, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally done with her, but I couldn't take her at that <laughs> short a price. Uh, the two first-time starters, just to speed it up, the two first-time starters – Six seven. Linda Rice is usually better with second time starters. This one they paid sixty seven thousand for her. They're selling her first out for twenty five and a New York bread nonetheless, which means she's eligible eligible for all the New York bread, uh, all the New York uh, purses and stuff. The New York bread races. That's probably not a good sign in the seven. Uh, and I'm not good with first time starters. I'll check the workout reports. But I don't even care about the work reports when you talk about cheap claimers. Um, Kelly Breen though, Linda Rice having good meat, especially Linda Rice. So I can see using them. It will be a guessing game for me. I guess, you know, it's the first leg. So I guess if you look at betting pick five, you can see what, you know, if they're taking yeah, money, yeah. that might affect you. But I'm going to leave them off and hope that neither of them can run. If I went deep this race, I can't blame you for throwing them in. Right. I I would think that of the two, the, the Linda Rice horse will get the, the most money just because of Linda Rice. Not that Kelly Breen, you know, Kelly Breen is the mammoth guy. But uh, – yeah, I, I'm I'm on board with your thinking of horse was horse was purchased uh year you know nearly two years ago for sixty seven thousand as a yearling and now that like you said with the New York bread bonuses and stuff they're willing to part with it for twenty five no thank you so I'm not I you know no matter how deep I go I'll probably uh, leave the horse off not unless it opens at three to five but then again who knows um, I would. Tend to just, uh, last podcast, I said I just look for workout patterns. And this horse has been working um, just consistently every 
six to eight days. I like. Now you're that. Talking about, I'm sorry. You're talking about the seven. You cut out for a moment there for all of us. Yeah, I'm sorry. The seven. Okay. Uh, seven Shadow River. I would tend to use um, because of uh, just a nice workout pattern. Um, not, nothing blazing, but uh, nice, consistent. Goes out every six to eight days. Puts in the work, and um, you know it's a homebred. Uh, so. Uh, Again, going back to the New York bonus, you know, they think they think enough of the horse that, uh, you know, but then again, if they lose the horse, they're still going to get the bonus because they're the breeder, right? I guess the breeders would get the bonus. I don't know enough about that. Uh, uh, they, yeah, Mr. Amore. I actually know someone who's a part of the Mr. Amore stable, but they see service actually. So their horses are, uh, they transfer a lot to Kelly Green, like a uh, forensic fire they have. Um, gotcha. All right. Number, it, just because we're going really long here, I don't want to rush you, but. Uh, the eight horse, Happy Little Lil, Happy Hill Lil. I actually liked his her race two back on June twenty sixth. She was racing for the first time, well, not first time at this level because the thirty thousand is similar before that. Uh, but she had a little bit of a wide trip, and uh, you know, she, I thought she was slowly improving. I thought her June fourth race was better than her March race. I thought her June twenty sixth race was better than the race before it. So last time, I actually liked the horse. I used the horse embarrassingly, I guess. And um, this is a horse that just lost by 100 lengths, got eased up or whatever happened. She was with blinkers for the first time. I have no idea what happened, obviously. I'm not privy to it, but I can't say that the blinkers caused all those problems. You like second blinkers? I can see them taking the blinkers off maybe because it was so bad, or maybe second time should be better. This is very similar to the one horse. I would prefer this one than the one, actually. But um, listen, if you're going deep, the horse, if you can ignore last race, the horse is right there. I just don't know if you can ignore last race, and I can't exactly ignore it. So I'm not going to use her, but if I was going deep, I would. But I'm only using two or three here, so I'm not going to use it. Yeah, I'm torn because, like you said, first-time blankers, you would look at it and say, oh, you know, horse just hated the blankers. So if, if the horse did, why are you coming back and not taking them off? That's my question. Other question is, and, you know, again, I'm really not – a board, you know, a betting board watcher, but you would think off of those last two races at Belmont at this level and a little higher that the horse would have taken more than nine to one action. Uh, I don't know what other horses were in the race as far as dropping down or whatever, but I think the horse after going off at, you know, four to one last time and running a credible third in a field of 14, um, it would have taken a little bit more action. So I'm kind of skeptical there. You know what? If I had $25,000, I might claim this horse. You know why? Here, here's the reason why. Handsome Mike, Sire Scat Daddy, why hasn't this horse been on the turf? Long on the turf, yeah. Well, yeah. you can have her, I think, because I don't know anyone <laughs> else is claiming her. All right, so to recap real quick, I, I – I don't love the three, but for a price, I'm going to take the three. And any bets I make, I would do the three. I would use the three in those bets and hope that those excuses are legit and she's not facing the toughest field here. Um, I'm going to use the four and probably the five in the pick five. Uh, a little chalky with those two, I know, but uh, that's all. Three, four, five. And I might even leave out the five. So either three, four or three, four, five for me in that pick five. I'll go, I'll, I'll go uh, a little deep. Uh, five, eight, four, seven. Okay. Next race, Saratoga 7th race, uh, first level allowance on the turf, the uh, inner turf here um, for the boys. Turn of events, the entry. I guess we can cover the entry together, even though my PPs yeah. separate them because by post position, but 
Uh, you want to cover them together here? Yep, sure. Okay, the one I don't like at all. Um, his well, last race. Mean... <laughs> yeah, it's quick. Like it. <laughs> you like the one? What? <laughs> I, uh, no, no. I of the two, um, I like the the. If you know, gun to my head, if I had to take one of them, I'd take the one versus one. That's eight. pretty funny. After what I'm about to say. Um, so last race, July 26, this is how I would handicap it. She, he dropped to 40,000, lowest level for him. Now this is, let me go back a couple actually. So maiden special weight, uh, June 6th. Okay. Does nothing in the maiden special weight. So I don't say I didn't watch the race. Oh no, I did actually, cause I watch everything. Uh, can excuse the race. It was a yielding turf and check back to last early. All right. So I excuse that race, but they dropped her to maiden 75. Uh, and that was a race where Chad Brown, traffic pattern, might be a first-time starter, even one. Scandal was in the race. It was, like, decent for that level, nothing special. And I didn't love the race. And uh, no real excuse. Actually, a little wide in that race, so a little bit of an excuse. I shouldn't say none. So they drop him again after that. So the horse ran for 75K, had a wide trip, only lost by a length or two. On the drop, makes a lot of sense. And sure enough, the horse broke his maiden. He was up on a slow pace that held – he was chase or he was chasing a 24 to one shot that held third. Um, so if the pace was fast, the 24 to one shot would have died, uh, you know, faded. The fact that that horse held on means it was easy to be up front. And I don't like that at all. So now going from mating claiming to allowance level, big jump. I know maker's great, Louis size. I don't like that horse at all, but the one a you're going to laugh at me perhaps. And this is actually going to be my single in, uh, in the pick five, most likely. I'm hoping the one gets scratched because if people think, I don't think people are going to think like you, no offense, but if people think like you, I'm going to get less value for people betting the ones so why I hate entries, but they're you know, necessary at times, I guess. But the 1A, again, I don't know that I can say I love the horse, um, but I like the horse. First race, Tampa, March 28th. Now, first of all, the racing in Tampa on the turf was actually pretty decent. It's really based on what race it was, but you got Clemence there, you had Chad Browns there, you're making a face at me, but these are races where you had like top trainers sending their horses. I really don't think it was that weak uh, a racing, but regardless of that, you can disagree in a second, I guess, because of the face you're making. But first race, all right, got, you know, not a big speed figure, came in third, you know, four wide, lugged in, probably needed the race, 20 to one. Uh, and I want to say, I should have looked this up, but I want to say Sensation might be a stakes horse. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'll look when you're talking, I'll, I'll Google it. Uh, but anyway, May 8th, Coming back, second start, same level. There's some trouble that really wasn't listed there. Uh, she, he, I keep saying she now, hopped at the start. Wasn't much, but it cost a little bit of uh, ground. Um, and then she was, uh, he was making a move in the stretch, and it looked like that was it. The announcer, who we can get into that another day, Richard Grunder, because no matter <laughs> what happens at the start, they're way good. If I miss a start when I'm watching a replay and I hear all of them are way good. I'm like, someone got out bad. I got to check who was it. I missed it. Um, so, of course, that race. Everyone's way good, even though this one hopped. But the chart called them missed it, too. Um, but in the stretch, it was, and it's down to two. If you want, listen to the replay. I'm pretty sure that is what he said. And it's down to two. And guess what? It wasn't doubly blessed. It was reliability and Beachwalker. And this horse looked like, uh, you know, all right, made a nice little move. That's it. And then in the last, I don't even think it was a 16th of a mile. I think it was like the last uh, 32nd of a mile, if that makes sense. Uh, last couple of you know, yards basically just shot by the top two. The jockey, Daniel Centino, was being pulled left by the horse. The horse was very green, and he was just like two hands on the horse, pulling, pulling his head to the right so he wouldn't run into the other horses. 
and literally was like fighting the horse, never really hit him or did anything to help the horse other than straighten him out, which he had to. Uh, and I'm not a jockey. I, I don't know what he should have or shouldn't have done. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying he had to do that. So, and the horse ran a figure that's comparable to these. That was in May. So as a three-year-old, he's got to be better now. His maker is red hot. I'm not worried about the layoff. I don't know why I went from Jonathan Thomas to maker. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, three diamonds just won a couple of races the other day. They're, they're very successful. And I just think this horse has a lot of upside. I think his last race that might have been better than it looks. And I just think this horse is going the right direction. And again, I, I wish the one wasn't there because I don't know what kind of odds I would get without the one. I don't think the one has a chance. Maybe I'll get lucky and the one will win. Uh, but I really like this 1A, um, you know, as, as a chance to win this, uh, a big chance. And 4-1, to one, I was disappointed when I saw the morning line. I, was, I thought I was going to single like an 8-1 to one shot, a 6-1. to one, But it is what it is, and I'm almost definitely going to single this horse. Uh, all right, I went way too long, but go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. You cut out again. I'm sorry. I, li I like the one horse. I, 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 I like the 1A less. Than the uh -huh. one horse, right. and here here's my only here's my only reason. Okay, I'm not taking anything away from your analysis, but here here's the deal, Jonathan. <laughs> but <Thomas>. you are. <laughs> oh, no, no. Here here's no, here's okay. my here's my counterpoint to your argument to single the horse. I think there's question marks with the horse because I right, the Tampa races look good. The the num the the numbers didn't come all come 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 back all that great. Mm -hmm. You know, even though you're, you're pointing out horses who have won their next start and won it maybe a stakes horse. Um, Jonathan Thomas was the trainer. Jonathan Thomas, very good trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe, maybe they thought, oh, this horse is better than we thought, so we'll give it to Maker because maybe Jonathan Thomas is Three Diamonds Farm B trainer or whatever. I don't know. But, you think so? Well, no. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out why – uh, Thomas no longer has the horse because Thomas has run horses at Saratoga. It's not like he doesn't have his license up in New York. Yeah, I just don't worry about so, it because I have no idea. I'd be guessing. So I, me, it's my turn know. to talk quiet. So so here here's the deal. The horse last ran at the beginning of May. Okay, you look at the horse's official workouts. Last time he worked out was May 22nd. That was that was his only workout since breaking his maiden and all of a sudden he's on the shelf for a couple months he doesn't surface until he's up at belmont presumably with maker and he you know does three workouts so what has happened in that three month time frame i have a question mark and i don't think those three workouts are going to give the horse his top uh, form that he may have been in or increasing form back when he broke his maiden. So I, I think he'll come up short. I think he's going to get you all excited. He'll make his patented move, come into the stretch, and he'll hang like a chandelier, as Andy, Andy Serling said. So oh, there, that's my analysis. Hey, listen, you might be right. I'm not going to argue. But uh, at the same time, I, I just don't worry about some of the things you said. It makes sense. But – um, who knows what he was doing for the time before just, the workout? Just another way. Just, it's just another way of looking at you yep. know race and why every horse doesn't go off at one to nine. Yep. Because if we all looked at the the past performances the same way, every horse would be one to nine. Yep. All right, move on. We're running um, out of time. Number two, plot the dots. Look after the one A. Like again, and not that the one A is necessarily better than these. I just think it has more upside, and I'm willing to take a stand. 
I just see like four or five horses all the same. Plot the Dots is one of them. Uh, a little bit of a wide trip last time. Uh, it was a three-year-old stakes race um, in Jersey and Monmouth. Um, I don't know how to compare that to this. It's probably similar, I guess. Maybe this one's I, a little I, easy. I don't I know. Downgrade it. Yeah. Anyway. Vansy, I, I saw Vansy as an also ran. If Vansy won that race. There, yeah. and, and the thing is, is even though this race is for three-year-olds and up, and all of them in here are three-year-olds. Right. You know, that was restricted to three-year-olds. It wasn't like it was a... So right. Anyway. So in a way, you're going from a stakes to an allowance for just three-year-olds. So it should, if anything, be a step down. But I don't know. I kind of agree with you. It's probably... I think it's probably similar. Anyway, I had a wide trip, so I can see upgrading. I think the horse has a shot. I'm not in love. That was only turf race. Anything uh, you want to add on that horse? Plot nope. that? Nope. All right. You want to go assiduously? assiduously? Yeah. Yeah, I, believe me, I'm not a Chad Brown lover. This horse is going to be bet off the board. Four to one, I think, is a pipe dream. Um, the horse, as far as his brisnet turf numbers, have increased each each time the horse is run. And I, I just think uh, the horse might might be the real deal. Um, second time blankers. So he he's the best one I came up with it, uh, this one. Your turn. Yeah, I mean, he ran against No Word last time, who you liked, who ran well at 15-1 to 1, uh, or around that in the States race last week. That was one of your better picks there. Um, so I can see the horse winning second time blinkers, what you said. Um, his race two back, I thought, favored closers, so I thought he actually had a pretty good setup. So I didn't love the race for him. Uh, speed figure was low. Obviously, last race, he really stepped up his speed figure and, and just ran better. Uh, he didn't have a very good start. He was checking early. Um, but I don't know. He, he ended up chasing a 10 to one shot who he beat by a couple lengths, but that one had trouble too. So that one would have been close to him. He can definitely win Chad. He has two in here, but he's fine. I can't say I don't like him, but to me, the two and the four are similar. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the five arithmetic who, um, Pete Ayala called arithmetic took a little heat on that. Um, but, uh, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> arithmetic or arithmetic. Uh, I just think this horse is a little slow. Did have a three-wide trip last time. Had some excuses against some of these at the same level. Um, I didn't like him last time, and he didn't do anything, even though he had the wide trip to inspire me to bet him here. You? It, I, it's just an indictment on the tr this trainer, Luis. Oh, you made fun and, of him last uh, time. <laughs> you know, I mean, you claim off of Christoph Clement, who's – you know, winning out of his mind at Saratoga, and the horse comes off of a, uh, you know, an open, uh, you know, well, not open. It's restricted to three-year-olds, forty thousand claimer. Runs second, comes back, allowance nine winners other than at Saratoga, and goes off at twenty-seven to one. I guarantee you, if Clement saw the horse, it wouldn't have been half at, at that price, and hence that's why the horse. And that was first time Lasix. So yeah, I have a friend who likes second time Lasix, but uh, just because the the connections, no personal offense to Mr. Miranda, but 0 for 34, I just have to go along that and say next. All right, the the seven's interesting, most infusion because uh, a podcast we did a couple of weeks ago, he was a reluctant single for me. I don't know if you remember that race. He was the yeah. eight horse, and you liked the horse uh, who was next to him. It was like a co-favorite or around the same odds. Ended up, I think, going off the favorite. I know it was a Kentucky horse. Maybe you remember who, and Ian Wilkes or uh, uh, maybe Brian Lynch, yeah. who I didn't like at all, who 
I think I was right about it, although I, I don't know. The horse didn't run great. Not yeah, that this I, one I, did I, so well. Yeah, that that horse that I like didn't didn't do anything. Yeah, this one I I, I liked last time more because I didn't love the field. And I mean, ran okay, I guess. It was an insane pace. I forgot the horse. Oh, that was um Montauk Daddy or whatever, the Montauk horse, who just gotcha. broke out, who I actually thought had a shot as a, as a big price or 15 to 1. And Montauk Daddy just ran 20 lengths ahead of the field. I don't know what they were, you know, going on there. And obviously stopped probably came in last, I'm betting. Um, so it was a spread out field. I mean, the horse ran okay, I guess. And the horse can win eight to five favorite. I reluctantly took their last, took her last time, him last time. I'm, I'm, like I said, I, he's the same as the two, as the four to me. I just don't see much of a difference here. Well, and whatever you say about Lonesome Fugitive, you can say about Kingmeister, the eight horse. Uh, Kingmeister ran a half length behind him. Mm -hmm. Longer odds. Um, yeah, that actually was well. That was his first time on turf. You know, he'll, he'll probably improve off of that effort. Whereas Lonesome Fugitive has run nothing, uh, anything but on. Or I'm sorry, has run all three of his races on turf. Um, I don't. I don't know. Uh, King Meister might might improve. I, I don't. I can't use him on top though. Well, that, that trouble line for Lonesome Fugitive, I don't really buy it. Waited, bumped at the sand. It wasn't really much. I mean, he did a little bit, but it wasn't really much. King Meister had a perfect trip. So I thought Lonesome Fugitive definitely ran better than King Meister. But at the same time, King Meister, I, maybe I'm wrong. I think first time off the layoff for Shug, first time turf, like you mentioned, I think could run better. So I put the eight, the seven, the four, the ten, all in the same boat uh, there, which is one reason why I went with the 1A. The nine alley-oop Johnny is interesting to me. Because her last, his last race, I, I thought was a pretty good effort, um, but it was almost out of nowhere uh, the effort. So that's what scares me. But uh, duel the uh, horse who died, a long shot to die, but you know actually ran pretty well because was in a duel and just kind of hung on uh, almost and, and fought to the wire. I, I don't really buy the bumped at the break stuff. It really wasn't much, but um, I, I thought the fact that he attended the pace and almost hung on was a, a pretty good effort. But that was against $40,000 claimers, non-winners of two. Granted, some of them were older. Uh, it was a weaker race, though. And if I was going deep, if I was going to use the five horses I mentioned, yeah, why not throw them in for 10 to 1 outside shot? But, uh, you know, I, I can't say I love the horse. And like I said, I'm singling the 1A here, taking a chance. So um, I, I'm not going to use Ali or Johnny. Any final thoughts there on him or anything yeah, else? I, you know, when, when a horse steps up and runs a big race like that at, at long odds, and, and has in the past shown that, uh, you know, he, he well, he, he's run against better. I, I just don't like the bet back a horse that uh, ran huge, that he's going to come back with the same effort. You know, the old saying is, if you didn't attend the wedding, don't attend the funeral. Hmm. Meaning, if you, did, if, you didn't, if you weren't on the horse when he was at big odds, then, you know, don't bet him when he's going to be much shorter. So Right, he'll still be a price, but I get what you're saying, definitely. All right, moving on to the eighth. This is – um. Optional claimer, 62,000. Uh, so you can have, I don't know if any of them are up for a claim. Oh, the four and the five and the six. If you want, you can buy them for 62,000. Um, and it's a mile and an eighth on the Saratoga uh, dirt course here. Um, who do you want to start with, Blewett or Growth Engine, the one or the two, because of the post? Oh, let's go with the, the entry, Blewett and Legit, who isn't. Oh. <laughs> All right, why don't you start since you have some yeah. in there? 
Yeah, you know, seven to five on this entry. Blewett is the one who's carrying that price. We, you know, uh, ran ran a bang up race. He's going to the 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 thing that intrigues me about this. It was only a four horse race. Cross border came back to win his next race. Uh, Blewett is definitely a you know a decent horse. So that was against New York breads. Uh, you know, you put him back at you know in this level you know, against Kentucky breads and others, he, he's not that much of a standout. So um, I, I, I tend to go against him uh, because he's speed and there's certainly enough speed in here that could compromise him. Uh, you yeah, want to well, add him and legit, as far as uh, all I have to do is legit, he's a deco and hide type of horse. Looks like he runs good, runs horrible, runs good, runs horrible. And it has nothing to do with the surface because He's proven on on both slop fair and fast. So, and and he 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 ran a decent number. That fourth place effort and his first time on the turf was good. So um, you you don't know what you're going to get out of him, but he obviously is uh, not uh, the the stronger part of this entry. Yeah, I was surprised. I probably shouldn't have been surprised at the morning line. I guess. Blewett is a horse who I just don't know. Um, he was running in Florida uh, off the layoff, right? He ran April 6th of 2019 and then he didn't until again, uh, until again in January. Runs at Gulfstream at the 1X level. So that's non-winners of 1X. It's not non-winners of two other than. So that was a, a weaker level uh, there. I forget about the claiming price ranking like that. You want to add in two, but as far as the level. And he didn't do anything in two races. But, you know, it was off the layoff one of them and you know, he had a little trouble. So, all right, fine. April 9th, I remember that day because I singled Moretti, came back to win the next time, uh, and I needed that race, and I blew it, so to speak, by not using blew it that race, and blew it, went out to the front, and I was surprised because I did not see that coming. First of all, blew it was like 20 to 1 in the morning line. It was a bad morning line, but he still should have been about 12 to 1 or something like that. Um, ended up opening up like 3 to 1, and I knew. It was, I think, the fourth leg of the sequence, and I had a lot in the last leg. It was decent price. I'm like, I'm screwed here. There's no way Moretti's going to beat him. I think they're both Pletcher horses. Uh, the way that Blue took the money, uh, he ended up going off six to one. But anyway, he went to the front. It was an easy lead, a track that that played to speed. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not betting this horse next time. But maybe he turned the corner. But he's already six, so turned the corner. Anyway, uh, he's had some back races that are good. Then he comes June, to Belmont June 12th in that New York bread race. And he had a lead. He was chased by Mr. Buff, who's a good horse, but he got exposed against Graded States Company. But still a good New York bred horse and was in good form uh, last year, definitely. I believe that Mr. Buff was coming off a layoff that race, so probably wasn't at his best. And subsequently, he's, he struggled again against better horses. Up. So I didn't know how to read that race because his speed figure, April 9th, got a 94 buyer out of the Briz figure, but he got a 94 buyer, which is good for this field. Um, but I thought it was like, if you want to call it dressed up or whatever, because he had that easy lead. And I don't know, June 12th, he set a fast pace. And Mr. Buff hung on, and I don't think Mr. Buff was the same as he's been. So I'm so torn on Blewett. And then when I saw 7-5, it actually made me happy, because I'm like, all right, 7-5, forget it. He's out. He's a borderline for me, who I know can win this based on his races. But at 7-5, I'm going to omit and take the chances that he beats me. And I don't love Majid either. Um, you know, he's uh, – Run at this level a few times, came in third, seventh, second, you know, if you go back a few races. Uh, then he went in the stakes race against Moretti. That's the race Moretti won. Uh, and I think Moretti was like six to one that day uh, too. And he did nothing that day, 
didn't really have too much trouble. Slightly slow start, but um, I, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. Possible. So anyway, I, I'm leaving the entry out. I know Blewett can win more than legit, like you said, but I, I'm going to take a stand against. The two was someone that was really difficult for me too because I just I think Growth Engine has a shot here. I don't love, but I really don't like too many horses in here, even though they're decent horses. How do you look at Growth Engine? Um, look, horse royally bred had probably had high hopes for the horse. I mean, in five career starts, has never been worse than second. I just had obviously has had some health issues with all the time off, and he was off for just over a year. Came back in a very easy optional claimer, you know, put that field away. Probably, you know, me, he, I, I don't like betting horses back who just uh, won in, from the one other than. It's a big step up to the two other than. So, uh, you know, I. I'm not a big fan, but the horse probably does have talent and could could be around there. But I don't think I'd use him uh, on top in a horizontal. Yeah, see, last race, uh, the horse came in second, Love Is Your Name, had a really easy lead. And he, Growth Engine, just tracked that horse a couple of behind. And like you said, just when he wanted, Nick Wire just kind of said go and, and, you know, went by him. And, but that horse held on for second, and it was a long way back to anyone else. So maybe he just beat a terrible field. It was a lower level, like you said, and there's a step up. But since I don't love a few horses, I, I thought him in the one blew it. You know, I can see Growth Engine being better. He uh, steps forward from that race. So I, I don't necessarily love Growth Engine, but I like it better than most of them here. So I'm going to use Growth Engine. That would be my second pick in this race. Uh, Seafoam could win. I don't love Seafoam. The three, five to one. I thought he had an easy lead. Now, that was against state breads at this level, basically, the non-winners of two other than. Uh, and he won easily. But again, he had an easy lead. His other biggest buyer figure, uh, where he got a 90 that race, he also got a 90 June 8th. That was a time last year uh, around the Belmont Stakes where the inside was very good. He had an inside trip in Belmont. And that was against non-winners of one. So to me... Could Seafoam win? Of course. I love Joel Rosario. He's probably my, I don't know, favorite jockey, but to me, he's uh, as good as it gets. Um, I just coming off the easy lead, I thought he'd be a little shorter price, actually. I thought maybe seven to two, three to one, but I guess I'm not a good morning line guy, although we'll see. But I'm, uh, I'm going to go against Seafoam. Like I said, if, if you want to go a little deeper in the race, I, I couldn't blame you. And if you like him for a reason, but I don't know, a horse who, I don't want to say needs an easy lead, but had an easy lead to get that big figure. Uh, I'll try and beat a horse like that. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. He's he he's just not a horse that I'm going to endorse simply because I I think uh, the pace is going to be quick, especially with Fluid and the six horse. It's all relevant. He's going to get uh, toasted and you know outside of one race, you know, it looks like all of his races that he wins, he's on the lead uh, from the start. So. Uh, I'm I'm going to go against him. Uh, the horse that I cannot believe is fifteen to one. I agree that that I might actually single. Oh, oh, oh. that's a noble number thought. four. Oh. No, no, noble thought. Okay. Um, last couple of races been on the turf. He's cl- he, he was claimed out of his last two races. He was hot commodity. He ran third. He came in third, a length and a quarter behind a horse by the name of Financial System, who I think lost as a favorite on Wednesday, but uh, he didn't lose by much. Um, 
the reason why I like this horse is you look back at his, uh, you know, his dirt races, never been off the board. Uh, you know, six starts, three wins, two seconds, a third. He doesn't have speed early. And I think the race is going to set up great for him. And especially going the, the mile and an eighth, uh, he's proven at, at this level. And, um, you know, that's why he uh, is up for the tag because back in November in an off-the-turf uh, event at Churchill, he wound up winning. But and, and, and you talk about optional claiming, and I have a thing about optional claimers that I, I don't like horses that are in for the tag. That is when they can be, they, they can be um, uh, protected. But when I, and that, I only look at that for like five-year-olds five and under. I figure when a horse gets to six, seven, eight, it's like, if you warn him, knock yourself out. Well, the you only know? problem, the only, I agree with you, and, and I pretty much agree with you. The only thing I would say about that is that a horse who's seven now, especially, he's run through his conditions. They don't really have a choice. It's this or just right. a straight, you know, claiming. So what's exactly. the difference? Um, and, and these go for a little more money, so they have a better chance of keeping them maybe. I thought this was a weird claim. I, I, I don't see a claim. I, I don't know this part of the game. You know this much better than me. But you got claims off of Mike Maker when he ran $40,000 on the turf. Okay, and he won. I, I can see that claim, I guess, whatever. The horse is a pretty consistent horse. has run well, even though his figures last year were a lot better than more recent. But then they raised him to 50 off of that win. I guess they got excited he won. The horse was 26 to 1 in the race. Maybe it was just that tough of a race, but I don't know. It's weird to see a 26 to 1 shot get claimed for 50,000, but I guess they know more about uh, horses and playing horses than me. So, listen, the horse, I was shocked at the price. I don't really like the horse, to be honest, but at 15 to 1, he's much better than that. So, I can't blame you, uh, you know, for value as a single find. Um, I'm not using the horse, but 15 to 1 made me do a double take. If I was going a little deeper, I definitely would. The five is a horse that I actually like the most, and it scares me. Whenever a horse has the best speed figures or amongst the best, and it doesn't take money, that's something to worry about. And this time, he didn't get the morning line. Um, but Winston's chance. Uh, why do I like him? Well, he was trained by Deborah Breed, running at Finger Lakes mostly last year. She's a Finger Lakes trainer. Okay, fine. Coming back this year off the layoff, June 18th. Didn't run well at this level. Um, ran very poorly, actually. Uh, attended the pace for a little bit and quit, but probably, I'm assuming, needed the race. Who knows when David Donk got the horse from Deborah Breed, how long he was training, like you mentioned about my maker horse. Then next race comes back, and I thought that was a race that favored closers on July 10th. Even though that day's speed was good, there was a big duel, and he sat just off the duel with the favorite. It was like four to five or six to five or something like that. Um, and I thought they ran a, a pretty good race. The, the speed really quit. Um, and I thought that was a pretty strong effort. Now that was state brand that was against weaker. Um, but I thought it was a good effort. Then he comes back open 50, uh, so going against open again. And I thought he ran pretty well. Uh, last race, he chased and kind of dueled a nine to one shot who died, maybe nine, you know, faded a nine to one shot should fade some, but you know, so the speed did not hold on necessarily. Um, now he hasn't beat really open company beats New York France. I just thought his speed figures are fast enough. I like the way he ran those speed figures. It wasn't like he just got him with an easy lead or, you know, great, you know, pace to close into. So I like that. David Donk is going lights out right now. His record might indicate it, but he's really hot. His horses are outrunning their odds. And when I saw six to one, I was like, boom, definitely. So I can even single this horse, but I'm probably going to go two five here and, and single the maker horse. 
Am I crazy or uh, Winston Chase? Uh, no, 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 no. The, the thing is, is uh, the positive is he's a horse for course. Four, four starts at Saratoga, two, two wins, a, a second and a third. And it's not like, oh, well, you know, that sometimes that can be skewed because it's like, oh, he was the favorite every freaking race. You know, but if you look back, he was seven to one when he ran second in his last race at Saratoga. And then uh, previous to that with the PP show, he was 36 to one and ran third at Saratoga in a um, state uh, bread race. I don't know. Uh, that was probably the, that was the best he's, he's run uh, that last race. Is he going to come back and, and, and run the same number? You know, yeah, I think his race two back was as good or better personally, but it was oh, similar. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's in good form, but I could be wrong. I mean, he, he, even though he has speed, he's tactical enough that he can, he can sit behind, blew it, and it's all relevant, whatever. Uh, I, I'm not totally against him, you know. I, I, would, I would use him. So, well, um, it's good at least that we both have some prices of the horse. Yours is a bigger price, but at least we like some prices for people listening. Um, yeah. It's all relevant. I, I feel that this horse, four to one, I have no idea what to do with the horse, honestly. This is a horse who – uh, just all of a sudden, you know, was running good figures, had a bad race or two, got claimed off of Linda Rice by Rudy Rodriguez, and boom, all of a sudden, just, you know, had one race for Rudy, not that great, and then two huge speed figures, got 199 buyer, had the first one easy lead on March 1st, so I, I was against this horse the next time out, June 18th, because I'm like, eh, easy lead last time, not going to happen again, and again, it happened easy again. lead the next time, <laughs> ran a lot faster, though, so he ran better, I think. But, um, you know, still got a fairly easy lead. Then they put him in that alley darn. I know it's you know, like, oh, whatever, restricted stakes race. That was a tough race. Spin-off, endorse, Bodie yes. Express. These are, you know, graded stakes horses pretty much, grade three type horses. Um, so that was a tough race. The only thing is, had an easy lead and a slow pace. You know, I can understand and forgive a race against better. But if you're just walking on the lead, shouldn't you hold on a little better than that? Uh, and I was looking to play against this horse anyway. Uh, so uh, I'm tossing the horse again. All the horses I tossed blew it. This horse, I can noble thought. I can see them all winning. This is kind of an open race, but you know I'm going to lean with the Winston's chance five and and the Chad Brown the two. Uh, anything to add about it's all relevant? Nope. That, I'm I'm sticking <laughs> my guns. I'm going to single and go down in flames with noble thought the four. All right. Well, all right I so applaud we're, you. We're over an hour in with two races to go. All right, so real quick, go ahead. Start with uh, the four-star Dave, grade one. Four-star Dave, of course, works for one. I want to say six or seven, maybe even more straight years up at Saratoga. Has a whole race named after him. I was just getting into racing then, so I remember him vaguely, but not that well. Uh, but go for it. Raging Bull, what are we going to talk about? For, for, just real quick, friend of mine, um, we both live in Maryland, and we take an annual pilgrimage outside of this year to Saratoga. And they, you know, in addition to the four-star Dave grade one, they always have this like, like stand, the four-star Dave stand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and us being Marylanders is like four-star Dave meant nothing to us. And we just kind of, that was our inside joke that, you know, four-star Dave is like put him on a pedestal at Saratoga and uh, here's the four-star Dave. So I, I digress. But I, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about this entire race because I really didn't have a chance to get into it much. Um, so why don't you just jump through it? If I want to jump in while you're talking, we can do All right. that. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion here. You have the four Chad Brown horses, Raging Bull, 
uni or uni, I think it's uni, valid point and uh, without parole. I can barely separate them. Raging Bull, two back off the layoff. That race in Santa Anita, if you look at the Shoemaker Mile, that was a monster pace. In fact, War of Will, who came back to beat Raging Bull, was in that race. And War of Will set, you know, was up on a pace that was rock solid. And those pace setters, like a bunch of them, came back to win. Um, so I think he got a great, great, great setup, Raging Bull. So I thought he would be a little over bet the next time. I know he's a grade one winner and all. And I didn't bet the Keeneland race, uh, I don't think. I don't remember that day, to be honest. But uh, War of Will came back to win Raging Bull. Ran fine, ran his race. Um, 99 buyer, speed figure, if you like that. Uh, lost by a neck. Got a decent enough trip. Setup was fine. It wasn't like it set up for closers, but it wasn't like it favored speed. The race was kind of an even race. So, in fact, his last race might have been better than his Santa Anita race because the Santa Anita race, even though he got a much bigger speed figure, uh, he got a perfect setup. Horse can definitely win. Only one for seven in his last seven starts. All grade ones, but this is a grade one. Now, interesting, we talked to Sheldon Russell about this two weeks ago, and I'm not much into this, so it's not going to cloud my judgment at all, but I'm sure it will a lot of people. Look who Joel Rosario rode last time. He rode the one. He rode the six. He rode, and not just once. He's riding his horse his whole career. He rode the nine, and I thought there was another one. I could be wrong. I thought there was four of them he rode, but maybe it was just three that he rode. So he had a, I guess, choice to make, and he went with the one. Uh, it doesn't really affect me. Could Raging Bull win? Absolutely. One of the favorites, if not the favorite. It's fine. Um, the two-horse consecrate. I want to like this horse. I'm having trouble, though. A, I love Bill Mott. I like four-year-olds because especially these horses who ran in three-year-old stakes races, has some time off. You figure now is a four-year-old more mature, bigger, stronger, going to run faster. So people see, oh, 90, 88 buyers. You know, you need like 100 to win this one. No chance, but that was as a three-year-old. Anyway, so Cox Creek comes off a long layoff, goes into an optional claiming allowance race. Obviously, it wasn't up for a tag. Ran a third, put up a good speed figure um, down in Churchill. It was a fairly tough race. Uh, ran fine for layoff. Then the next race, I really want to see a step forward. I just don't know if I did. Um, speed figure-wise, got the same figure, basically. I assume Briz is probably similar. Um, but in the wide end, it was a grade two, so step up in class. Had a bit of a wide trip, but I didn't think that was a major excuse. And I, I don't know. I want to like this horse. He just needs to take, like, one or two more steps forward. If his last race was a little better, I would have felt great that he was improving. But uh, I'm going to go deep this race. I'm going to use Casa Creed. I don't like the three. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, okay. let me jump in for a second. I mean, yeah, the thing is, is a, it was a huge rate, you know, even though he ran seventh, you know, he lost by two and a quarter. But he did most of his damage only against three-year-olds. Uh, uh-huh. His last two races, um, I hate those. Uh, I, you know, the, the one word that uh, in the short uh, comment yeah, line that, that women love and horse players hate is hung. I can't bet on a horse that hung or, and then in his previous rate, he's, he flattened. That just tells me he's finally up against older horses. He can't compete. Yeah. I don't know. I don't agree with the hung comment. I mean, he got a little tired later or whatever. I don't know. Hung to me is like, looks like he's going to go by and just can't go by in the stretch. Horse was never within two lengths basically. So I, I don't, I agree with what you said. I just don't necessarily agree with the comment because I don't love the horse here, but as a four-year-old, three races only this year, third off a layoff. I can see the horse doing some damage. It's a tough field, though. Um, the three, um, uh, what is that, a Maui's? Um, I should know this because it's like a, a town uh, in the Bible. I know the Bible, huh? E- Emus, no. E- Emmaus. Emmaus. That's what it is. Emmaus, all the 
Christian people out there will love me now because I knew how to pronounce it. Um, anyway, so this horse I don't love. The horse is fine. I, I want to speed it up. Came in fifth to some of these, like Raging Bull in the uh, Maker's Mile uh, or whatever. Maker's Mark Mile. Sorry. Got to drink more bourbon, I guess. Uh, I, I been off the board in six starts at this distance. Up yeah, and the grade one races, even though close, fifth, sixth. Uh, Connor Murphy, I'm sure, is a fine trainer, but is a, a tall order. I'm not going to go with uh, Emmaus. Got Stormy is a horse that I know through uh, Wasabi Venture Stables. Shout out to them. Uh, there's one or two guys on there who really have loved this horse for a while, and I'm just not on this horse. I know this horse was running to the ground. I don't want to insult a trainer who knows a lot more about horses than me, but this horse, to me, needed a lot of time off. Got some time off, at least now, about six weeks or whatever, but there's a horse who needs a vacation, I think, and uh, it's just not what she was. I can see people arguing, oh, getting back into form. Last race, she sat second off of a really slow pace, uh, I thought, and, and just had no punch. And Because uh, during the race, I, I don't want to say I made fun of the horse, but to the other people, I'm like, this horse has zero shot. And then I see her second, and she's heading for the lead, and it's a slow pace. I'm like, oh, I'm going to look like a moron, which is not you know uncommon for me. And then the horse just did nothing. So, um, you know, she couldn't win there. I, Listen, maybe the six hey, weeks she, helps, but she's the defending I champ. I she's I understand. Yeah, she did win. This. very good. It, you know, it, it's rare that in America you see you know fillies and mares running against the boys often. Mm-hmm. And, and Cass, no, Cassie right. doesn't ha- doesn't have a problem with that. Uh, and and she's been successful. So why not? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there, there there's limited uh, grade ones you know, for a mile on the turf, and that's her that's her deal. You notice. Even when she goes grade three against her own sex, that uh, she can't go the extra for, uh, half furlong. Yeah, so, I'm sure uh, some people see that she's two for two on this course and like that, but she was running better back then. So she's not for me. If you like her, go for it. But I'm not, uh, you know, at least you're getting eight to one, 10 to one, something like that. Halliday is a horse who, <sighs> another horse who gave me a, a, a bad beat um, down at Gulfstream. So this horse, uh, I'm not going to take you back too far, but we'll go back three races with this horse. Uh, Halliday ran and had a pretty easy lead. I know the pace is April 4th. I know the pace looks strong, but you know, it wasn't that strong for, for that course. And I thought it had a relatively easy uh, win there. So usually horses that get easy leads and win, I, I don't love. I don't want to say it was an easy, easy lead, but all right, she ran okay. She goes into the States race, and this is where I couldn't decide between Halliday and Social Paranoia. Both of them are Pletcher horses in that race, and it was a speed-favoring day. And I don't know if I realized that in time, um, you know, watching the races, but the turf was so speed-friendly at Gulfstream at times. Generally it is, but not always. And as another race where I forgot the morning line odds, but I want to say Social Paranoia was like 5-2, to two and Halliday was like 4-1 to one or 7-2, to two, meaning a little higher than Social Paranoia. And I saw the double will pays, the pick three will pays, and Halliday was a much bigger favorite. And I'm like, ah, crap, I picked the wrong one. She went to the lead and the easiest of leads in one. So I'm like, all right, this horse is not winning um, his next race. So comes back, took, took a little time off, comes back at Saratoga and the Bernard Baruch. I'm like, I am not betting this horse uh, at all. And she, uh, he was up on a slow pace in the Bernard Baruch. Yeah, had a little slow start, not even on there. Um, but near a lead that against, I mean, this horse just gets either on the lead on, on his own or up against slow paces up front. And I think it benefits him. It potentially could be a slow pace again, and maybe Halliday can win it. But to me, a step up in class, I, I'm against Halliday at four to one. You know, maybe I'll be wrong here, but I, I'm going to go against Halliday. Uni is fine. 
Uh, not fine. Only is a very good horse. I should say fine. Uh, two for last four in grade one races. And the last one was off a layoff. So you can kind of excuse it. Should improve. I'm actually, I actually like this horse a little better than the one, even though Joel went to the one, but I can't really distinguish too much, uh, you know, against the horses. I mean, it is a girl against the boys again, if, if that matters to some people. Uh, so yeah, Scott Stormy's I mean, got a friend. I mean, she ran, she ran behind. He ran behind Got Stormy and Raging Bull last year. Uh, I I was highly disappointed in her comeback race, that last race, because it was like her and Newspaper Record were like mm -hmm. six to five, seven to five the right. whole time. It was like they were the only two in the race, and she she just looked like she didn't fire at all. Um, that's what I got out of it. I'm not sure if I could back her, even though if you look at her resume, you'd be a fool not to use her. Um, <laughs> yeah but, she's uh, a good horse but you might be right i mean i'm gonna give her forgive last race because newspaper was up front and i don't think it was easy to close into that and but she didn't really inspire but uh, i i think first off the layoff so i'm willing to use her i'm sure a lot will not because of rosario's decision i wanted to use a seven i wanted to like the seven i should say because i really like that race in uh keeneland october 5th uh the shadwell turf um mile grade one she, I know you're like, I like that race, giving 10, only lost by three lengths and had a lot of problems. Like just never had a chance to run in that race. And you go back and watch the replay. This horse pretty easily, I think, won that race, a grade one and only a uh, fourth start and against older horses. So I, I thought that was so much better than, um, you know, than it looked. Comes back off the layup July 4th. I don't remember if I liked her that day. Uh, him, that confused me by throwing the, the genders together here, but I don't remember if I liked in that race. He had a slow start last race. I don't think it says it in there uh, in the comments, but definitely a slow start hurt, but was able to save ground um, and was fairly close to a slow pace. So I think that helped and overcame that. And yeah, lacked room, like it said. It was, if you're listening to this, you know, if you put in time, go watch that replay, make your own determination. I couldn't tell if she just lacked room or just didn't have much left of him. Um, I, I thought could have run a little more. It wasn't like totally stuck. So I didn't love last race. Didn't come up fast. I mean, maybe the trouble. Uh, I'm going to use the horse because it's 12 to 1. And if he wins, I'll be like, why didn't I single him? Because I love that October 5th race so much. Uh, so I'm not going to totally disregard the horse at 12 to 1. But I, I don't, you know, I, I can't. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just say something that will change your mind. I uh -oh. like him. <laughs> <laughs> Toss, gone, without parole. I mean now, oh, now here's the thing, and it, you know it happened on Wednesday, and I know we got two more days of racing at Saratoga before this particular pick five that we're talking about. But it seems like these races on turf, they have more than one horse in there that should be on the lead, and all of a sudden the gates open, and then one horse goes walking to the lead, yep. and nobody challenges the horse easy sets off fraction so that could happen in any of these races where i'm saying oh you know it's filled with speed got stormy could just go to the front and nobody wants to go up and challenge her so she'll, she'll win that's why i, I got to use her but yeah i'm going to use uh the seven and, and and got stormy um nope it's hard to, to not use raging bull but i might have to throw her out we still have two other ones to go through so go ahead. all right no parole is very similar to raging bull to me i couldn't tell the difference they had similar trips last couple times two back benefited from that closers race uh, i remember i talked about the shoemaker mile 
um, at uh, Santa Anita. Got a great setup there, just like um, just like Raging Bull. So benefited from that. So I didn't love him going into his next race either uh, at two to one, and you know basically had an almost identical trip to Raging Bull. Ran about the same. So again, same as always. I hate to use a lot of chalk. I, I, I'm probably just going to use a bunch of these and just kind of hope to survive this race. Chewing gum is the horse I actually like, but I was shocked last race that um, in that Troy that we talked about, I was shocked when I saw the odds. I knew from everyone and his uncle picking that horse, not us, but everyone else picked that <laughs> horse. I knew he was going to take money. It was 92 morning line, which I thought was a little crazy. I thought it was like, this horse should be like eight to one or something like that. And I liked the horse in the past. Um, now that race, even though the fractions might look fast, I don't know what you think of them. Um, if you remember, that was a pure sensation retirement race where pure yeah. sensation just didn't get out of the gate and didn't pick up his yeah. foot. Um, and that left American sailor alone on the lead and set very reasonable fractions. So you can argue chewing gum couldn't close into that or it was hard to close, but, um, I, I just, uh, in primus was able to make a move. And I, I just think this horse is a little, not only over his head, uh, he's also going further, which you can argue maybe it'll help him. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just think a little over his head. I'm not going to use chewing gum, especially. Uh, I didn't write down the morning line, actually, for some reason. You have the morning line on that? He's 21. Oh, okay. So if you like him, yeah, I can't. I mean, I mean when you look at his numbers, you know, he, he's over his head. The, the fact of the matter is, I mean, thank God they're finally stretching him out the two turns. I mean, I don't understand why they've been sprinting. Mott's been sprinting this horse. I mean, candy ride out of candy, you know, buy candy ride out of a forestry mare. I mean, it wants two turns and, you know, ran two turns back when he broke his maiden out of his third start. Um, again, he might not just, he's, he's probably not grade one material. Um, and plus, he'll, he'll, you know, who knows, coming off of these sprints, he might be more forwardly placed. But his only subpar race of his 12-year career, 12-race uh, career, was um, going beyond uh, a mile on a 16th. And that was on, on when it came off the turf at Churchill on a good track. So, I, But, yeah, he's always, he's always there no matter where they put him. So it'll be interesting. I'll just, you know, I won't be backing him, but it'll be interesting where he finishes in his first grade one. On yeah. to race 10. All your yeah, race 10 here. Um, I have some horses. There's one horse I like at a price. I, I, maybe two, I guess. Everyone's price is different. I don't know if six to one counts as a price, if it is, and two horses. Uh, the first horse, uh, Letterman. Why don't you give me your top 10 reasons to use Letterman? <laughs> top 10 reasons to, or not use, to use Letterman. <laughs> you don't have to give 10. That was a, a terrible attempt at humor, but... Yeah, um, coming off of a eleventh-month <laughs> uh, uh, layoff, ditto, yeah. ditto, 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 ditto. <laughs> so if I'm looking at Letterman here, I'm looking, all right, he's had two races at a somewhat similar level. Two back, ran, it was last year in Saratoga, ran 30, this 40,000 non-winners of two lifetime, ran against 30,000 non-winners of two, ran a decent second. Uh, it was a speed-favoring track that, yeah, not speed-favoring, it was a, a race at favorite speed. There wasn't much pace in the race. Um... So he was, uh, he was kind of right that day and pulling. He probably could have been close to Lee, maybe the slow pace. So I don't know how to read that race from. Comes back for 50,000. It was 50 down to 40. He was for 50, I guess. Uh, I can't even tell. It must be 50. Um, but anyway, had a lead. Um, stopped a, a, a pace. Stopped a 72 shot at one. It was a decent pace, though. Basically, the races were fine. They were basically what they looked like. And those figures put him right there. It's the layoff. That's the question, like you mentioned. Bond is, is hot. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he would probably be my fourth or fifth horse here, but I'm probably going deep 
in this race also. So uh, I'm probably going to use Letterman. Uh, he wouldn't be at the top of the list, but um, you know, two races at this level, he hasn't won, and he's coming off a layoff. But uh, I mean, I, I mean, he has a shot there. Uh, you know, second look, his third race was coming off of a nine, eight, eight, nine month layoff, and he, and he broke his maiden. Right. Now he was coming right. down off a of maiden special, but still must must not have been anything in the race or. Word yeah. was out because he went off at uh, 5-2. Yeah, he put up a good figure, though, so he ran decently there um, off the layoff. Kid Chocolate, too. This is going to be a price play for me. Um, this is one where you talk about a horse who has, like, one good race. What do you do? That's the case here. Uh, first of all, if you're a radio uh, show fan, Steve Bick. This is his horse, DT Stables. So maybe if you listen to his show Friday, if it's not too late, you can check the archives <laughs> and see if he talks about it. I don't know if he talks about his horse as much, but... Uh, anyway, his last race, he ran against uh, Cataract the three, maybe some others, I'm not sure, offhand. I'd have to flip through. I thought he ran a really, really good race. First of all, there's a lot of trouble that's not necessarily in there. I said it's checked after the start. He was taken up early and lost a length or two and, and a lot of momentum. On the first turn, he didn't handle it, and he veered out, and he went from the rail to like three or four wide on the turn, and uh, Tyler Gaffion was having trouble with him, and he ended up going three wide the whole trip. Uh, I thought speed had an advantage in the race, and there was much pace. The speed horses mostly hung around, um, and, and uh, I thought the horse has a, a, a had a very good race. Uh, Seventy buyer, which is a little low, but I thought he ran better than that. I love looking at Lucky's going long, and this was the first time I think he went two turns. I'm pretty sure, uh, definitely on the turf, unless it's a race on the you know not on my sheet from way back. I don't think so. So finally went two turns, and I thought ran his best race. He's a four-year-old, so he could be improving. If it was four to one, I might not take him, but at fifteen to one, right in close, I'm going to have to use this horse for those reasons. Um, if you want to jump in, otherwise I'll move on to the three. Uh, okay, Cadrat, I'm trying to move it along. Sorry, um, Cadrat. The three came out of the same race as Kid Chocolate. It was at this level, his second race at the level. Now. His first race, Cataract, at this level on July 5th was off a long layoff, right? Like an 11-month layoff. And I thought the horse ran really well. Um, he was squeezed pretty badly at the start in that race. And it doesn't even say that in the comments. I love when it doesn't say trouble because you get value, even though it didn't work out in this case. But he was squeezed really bad two back. He lost a few lengths. He was very rank, which it does say that. Um, he was steady like twice on the backside, uh, backstretch. Um, and he was off a layup. So I really like that race. So I really liked him last time. I'm like, this horse has a big shot to win. That's the only loss by three quarters of a length. He came in second. So it wasn't like he ran badly. And he did get off a little slow, um, I, I suppose. But um, he had a pretty wide trip. Um, on the second turn, he went about five wide. First turn, he didn't go wide, though. But second turn, he went about five wide. Um, the pace was not that strong. So he had to close into that. Um, close, but I liked him. Thought he ran... I don't know. I just thought he'd run better, but he has some excuses between a slightly slow start, uh, a wide second turn, and not easy to close. So I can't get – if the horse showed nothing, um, I think it was the, the sixth race we talked about, that five horse, Love Me Tomorrow, whatever. I liked the last time he did nothing, and I'm like, I think I'm off him. This one I'm not going to get off because at least he has some excuses. So I like Cataract a, a significant amount, I guess. Um, but the two ranch almost as well are just as well. So I, I like two, three, one a little bit. Four, I'm not betting. Uh, he ran at this level two back. was off a long layoff. That was like a year and a half layoff. Yeah, he ran against Cataract, actually great close in that race. Well, he attended a pace that wasn't that fast, hung around. I mean, for first start off a layoff, a long layoff, not terrible. Went against better last time. Starter allowance is better than this level uh, and didn't really do much. 
uh, was up on a slow pace and, and kind of, you know, gave it in. So I guess the horse can win, but I'm, I'm against the four. I mean, it's a price, so if you like him, go for it. The five battalion, I, I would think this horse has a very good shot at winning. Broke his maiden, two back, maiden claiming 40,000 um, on May 30th. Had a wide trip, and there wasn't much of a pace. So you can argue he wasn't that far back. That helped. But sometimes when they run slow, like this is why I don't love buyer speed figures on the turf because you mentioned before, like at Saratoga, sometimes a horse will just go to the lead on the turf and go slow and walk around. You know, if the horses ran a fast pace, the final time would probably be faster. If they set a slow pace, the final time is probably going to be slower. I mean, great, they'll have more left at the end, but still. So the fact that it was a slow pace, I can see that, and he had a wide trip. I can see that 73 buyer and whatever the bridge figure is, two back, was actually probably better than that. Then he went against $50,000 uh, starter allowance. We said that's a tougher level than this, right off the maiden claiming win. And he ran a solid second. I mean, he had got squeezed slightly at the start, uh, but he really didn't have much trouble. It says pinch at the start. It really wasn't much trouble. So I don't like that because that's people are going to say, oh, pinch at the start. And he still ran okay. Boom, he moves up. Really wasn't that much trouble. He was just against better horses. He, he ran fine. He's one for one when he's up for a tag, that maiden claiming, but uh, so it was a weaker. But uh, I think this horse has as good a shot as anyone. Three to one, I'm not going to be anything great. Uh, but I, I would say the five and three are my two favorites in this race. Um, and the two for the price. Just real quickly moving on. Scotty Brown, an easy lead off a long layoff. Uh, against Maiden, Claimer, State Bread. I just, you know, now he's against Open, Winners. I, I can't use him. If you like him, great. Um, Ruvenio, if that's how you say it. Nick uh, Zito's back here. That floated three wide in the first turn. I think the chart caller was drunk, or I was when I was handicapping, because he saved ground the whole way. I don't know what that guy was looking at. Uh, so there's no excuse there. He was in the same race as these others. I think that was like the the, the two horse. Kid Chocolate went wide and took a horse out, but not Ravinio. So if you watch the replay and I'm wrong, please hit me up on Twitter, BanditsBB uh, on Twitter, and you can, uh, you can tell me I was looking at the wrong thing. So I'm not using him because he ran slower than these. He's stepping up. Well, he's not stepping up, but he, no excuse, and I can't use him. Uh, the eight, hold my call. Rob Falcone is heating up after a slow start to the season. Good young trainer. I mentioned before he went to uh, the high school and middle school I worked at. So, uh, you know, I tried to follow his career, fan of his. But, uh, horse, first time on yeah. turf. I love lemon drop kids on the turf, but, uh, you know, maybe for yeah, me. It's a good move, good move uh, putting him on turf, but uh, he's a New York bred for first time against, uh, you know, open uh, breeds and first, first time against it. elders. Mm -hmm. So, I, listen, 30 to 1 morning line, I was surprised it would be that much, but if you like him, I, I wouldn't, you know, hesitate to throw him in if you like him, but I, I don't. And then Rakis, that's the one that's tough for me, the Chad Brown horse on the outside is 8 to 5. You know, if I'm a little lukewarm, I want to leave out a favorite. Uh, but I have some prices, uh, you know, elsewhere and I, I don't know, it's tough to leave out a horse who has a, a decent shot. First race made in special weight on uh, November 16th. It says six wide. The horse was too wide. He swung out at the very end. So he didn't have that wide of a trip that race. So ran okay, I guess seven, but nothing special. First out, you give him a pass. Comes back in January. Um, ran fine. Um, Horse he beat, Holy Meister has not won in two starts since then. Betterment came back and lost. I mean, the horse is coming out of main special weight into this level. I guess is a similar spot probably. Um, you know, most people say there's a tougher spot. I don't really think it's tougher, but it's probably similar. Horse has probably improved from January, but I mean, Chad Brown's willing to lose them. Doesn't say what they, I guess there's a home bred for Chadwell, so it's not like they're just giving up on the horse so much, but um, outside posts. 
the horse could definitely win. Uh, I'm probably going to use, which I know that's terrible betting to use an 85 that I don't love, but I hate to lose, you know, some good prices just because I am stubborn to leave this horse out. Obviously, as a speed figures, best speed figure has a, a chance to win here. But, um, you know, in my vertical bets, I would not use this horse I, I play against. And I'd mostly go 3-5 and 5-3 and, and throw in a little 2, uh, maybe even a 1. And finally, the 10 to wrap up the, the handicap yeah. here. Bubba, Starship Bubba. Orlando Norda, I said, you can't, it's hard to leave him out. And I'm going to leave him out and maybe pay him. But it's one turf race was $40,000 claimers. And you're like, oh, wait, it wasn't, you know, non-winners of two. That was open claiming. That was a tougher race. But it was only three-year-olds, restricted race. And how many three-year-olds have a lot of wins that are up for claiming tags at that point in the year? So it was probably a weaker race. He was 45 to one. He really didn't do much. He, if he attended a sharp pace that fell apart, I'd excuse it. But the pace was fine. It wasn't fast. It wasn't slow. So, like I said, I'm not going to talk about 20 to one, a trainer who's winning like crazy. Freud's are very good New York Reds. Um, you know, on the turf, he's a very good sire. But uh, I, I can't, you know, I don't really see the horse winning. But I know this horse have one that I haven't seen winning. <laughs> I love I love the con the comment of the last race, fell to face start. They're oh. the ones I always say. Oh, look at him next time. So you know, right after that, Rosario was like, "I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I could care less what's going on in this race." Yeah, I don't look at the dirt, so I didn't look at that replay because he ran on the dirt. I looked at the turf, but um, yeah, that's interesting. So to wrap up our little handicap, I want to get a bet in, uh, and just as far as pick five structure, real quick, because I know we went way over the um. To me, you want to take a stab once or twice. and Not like a, a crazy stab, but you want to base on two horses. Last week, there were two horses I like, Mo Reddy and um, oh, what was the name of the other horse uh, in the last race? High Tone in the last race who got scratched. And I was like, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to single both of those. I spread enough in the other legs that I felt that would be alive to the last race. Now, I didn't bet it because, obviously, I got scratched out of the last race. Uh, probably saved a lot of money. <laughs> you never know. But... Um, my point is I want to take a stand with a few horses. So I, I have to decide who do I want to take a stand with. Race six, my, my horses, uh, kind of like evenly. Benita, the three, a 10 to one. I'm going to lean just for the price. But I can't take a stand in single. I already said I'm going to take a stand in the 1A in, in race seven. I'm praying the one gets scratched, but I won't, though. Um, in race eight, I'm using the two and five. But I don't feel like I'm going to single the five. So I, I want to have the two also. Um, in race nine, I'm spreading deep. I'm using, you know, a lot of horses. I don't like said holiday against stormy or uh, a mouse, a maze. So I'm out of those I'm using and chewing gum. So I'm using the other four or five in the race. Then the last race, I can see taking a stand with the five, but I hate to leave out the two or three in prices. So that's why I took a stand in race, uh, six with the one A. Cause even though I think the five has a better chance in the last of winning than the one A, I, I don't want to leave out these other horses in the last. So it's more a, a case of math here. So I'm probably going to go three, four, five in race six with the 1A. Again, if the 1A gets scratched, then I would scrap this ticket um, in, in race seven. I'm just going to use a 2-5 in race eight. In race nine, I'm going to go one, two, six, seven, eight. So I'm going five deep. I know I'm using a lot of chalk there. I, I apologize, but I do have a 20-to-1 and a 12-to-1 uh, morning line in there as well. Hopefully get lucky. And in the last race, I'm going to use definitely the two, three, five. I'm probably going to throw in the Chad Brown just because I'd hate to be alive and lose because I was stubborn and it's not going to cost me a fortune. So I can actually 10 or 15 bucks. Um, if that, and I'm going to use the one also the bond horse. He's hot and the horse has run well enough. If I was going shorter, I would just use two, three, five. The one and nine would be the additions. Uh, it comes out to $75, three by one by two by five by five, 75 bucks. 
from my pick five, barring scratches and, and you know changes and stuff like that. Um, I do want to get a, a bet of the week. You can, if you have a pick five, feel free to share. I know I had more time to look it over, so I didn't want to put you on the spot. But um, as far uh, as like I'll, a, I'll, yeah. I'll throw in a pick five. Why not? Okay, go ahead. It's kind of totally different from yours. So what I'll do is I'll go completely opposite. I'll do the George Costanza in the sixth race. I'll go all. So that's eight horses. I'll do all with four, uh, the audacious Lee in the seventh, single him. Uh, in the eighth race, I'll go two, four, five. So um, eight by, by three. And then by another three in the ninth race, the one, four, seven. And then I'm going to single Chad in the last race, the nine, the chalk. So that comes out to a 36-hour play all with four, with two, four, five, with one, four, seven, with nine. All right. Yeah, when you're playing these pick fives, you want to – you know, I've heard different people say different things. Obstacles, they call it. I've heard, like, lock up the race. Um, but, you know, to me, you want to – I like that term I heard recently. I used it last week, lock up the race. You know, to me, you want to be able to lock up at least three races, meaning you feel – now, it doesn't mean you have to use eight horses or all. It could mean that. But you want at least three races where you're like, hey, bro, in my head, an 80 and 90% chance of hitting this race. Uh, and you only have to be right in maybe, like, two races. And, you know, that's how I craft my tickets. Um, and sometimes two horses lock it up for you. Sometimes one can lock it up for you in your head. But um, that's what I try and do. All right, and the last thing, as far as, like, the best, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but I figured – why not have it where, because some days you feel more strong about opinions, some days you don't, some days you want to bet more, some not. Why don't we make a rule where you can bet anywhere from zero to four, like $1 maybe to have something, uh, to 40 bucks? Why don't we do that as a maximum bet? So um, if you had a place to bet anywhere from $1 to 40 uh, I'll go first if you want. I'm going to bet $20, and I'm going to do, and I'm writing it down so we have a record of it. I'm going to do, and you can see my betting strategy is a little different than many. I'm going to do a $20 double race five, uh, six and my $20 double is going to be three with one a if the one a scratches it's no bet i'm not betting the one but as long as the one a is in there i'm going to do a $20 double three with one starting in race six so Vanita, i believe his name over uh that one a maker horse who of course i should know the name since i singled them uh i can't find the name but i'm sure people know who i'm talking about uh, doubly blessed, and hopefully I'll hit the double with doubly blessed. There you go. Do you have a uh, one bet? Yeah, since since I'm since I'm playing with house money, fifty one dollars house money. <laughs> I'm only going to use twenty of that, and my uh, fifteen to one morning line in race uh, eight. I'll go ten dollars winning place. Oh. I know you hate that on number four, noble thought. All right, we will keep track of that next week. You're ahead of me right now, but like I said, the way I bet, you'll probably beat me, but at some point when I hit, I'll, I'll hopefully get a lot. Hopefully this week, and I'll have house money too. Anyway, sorry we went so long. I hope you guys enjoy us going through each horse. Um, you know, I love any feedback. Again, my Twitter handle, I hope I'm right, is at bandits, B-A-N-D-I-T-S, B-B. Um, so feel free to reach out to me and let me know what you think. Uh, even if it's negative, I'm happy to hear. I really want to get feedback to improve the podcast, but we feel going over each horse. So if there's a horse that you like, but we wouldn't normally mention because we don't like him, you can hear why we might not like him and maybe help you handicap the race. So GQ, thank you. Sorry to keep you so long. I know you're very busy this time of the year and, and this week. Um, any final thoughts? And if yep. you want to say your Twitter handle as well. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm at horse racing nut. 
Uh, and uh, again, feedback, retweets, the whole business would be great. Uh, let's keep this ball rolling through um, the uh, run for the roses and beyond. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll have some derby talk uh, coming up soon. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day and good luck.